We are back after a month of missing the Something in the Air podcast. Our first time in five years that we have not had a monthly weather update. And this month, we almost weren't going to have it. Dave Robinson is away in Italy. He's following in my footsteps. And uh, we were looking for someone to do it. But there was one person, one person I knew that could fill his shoes admirably. And he did just that. Jim Everwine. We'll talk all about him when we get into the interview here, but just a wealth of South Jersey knowledge. He lives in Epsteekin. Um, so it was really great to have him on. I talk to him all the time. Good friend of mine. So without further ado, we'll turn it over to Jim as we talk about everything that happened in June. different usually next to me my one weather dad new jersey state climatologist dr <laughs> dave robinson he is on a european excursion so i swap out one parent for another and we have jim everwine here to talk all about the month of june here jim uh is a, a very special person to me has taught me a lot uh over the years since i've been here uh he's been on this podcast before a couple of years ago um, but Jim, you want to just, uh, roll off all the titles you have, because I think I'm going to forget like five of them. If I, uh, if I, try uh, to well, well, first off, Joe, I'm retired. That's one. Right. Yes. Uh, Number one, I, he's retired. Don't be mistaken. But I, 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 I teach aviation, whether at Atlantic Cape community college, also a Carver township high school. I teach a combination of aviation, weather and marine weather at Cape May tech. Uh, I'm the emergency management coordinator from my hometown of Absecon. I teach courses for the New Jersey State Police and also for FEMA. Yep. And retired National Weather Service meteorologist as well in Mount Holly and Philadelphia and Atlantic City's bounced around, um, you know, a few different places around the area. We actually did a story on him um, uh, last year for the Weather Service's uh, anniversary. And Jim, Jim would never say it in this podcast, but I will say it. He's also the Grand Marshal for the Smithville Fourth of July Parade. <laughs> which is coming up, of course, on the 4th of July. So Jim has been practicing his smiling and his hand-waving uh, all week long. Waving there everybody. it is. Yeah. He's got yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, well, yeah. it, you know, thanks for uh, th thanks for hopping on. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, last month we actually didn't have this podcast for the first time in five years. Uh, so I appreciate you hopping on and making it possible for us as we go into the month of June. So You are quite welcome, Joe. You're we're going to get welcome. started here. Uh, we'll go off the top with... The biggest environmental story, I'll say, because it's not really weather, kind of weather, but definitely something we're all talking about, and that is this darn smoke. It started <laughs> about the middle of May, Jim. It's, you know, it's July 3rd. We just had a weekend of some smoke across the area. Um, about a million acres burned in northern Quebec and Ontario here. The worst of it, um, and we didn't get orange in South Jersey, but it was orange in some places, but the first Wednesday in June, where New York City had the worst air quality in the world uh, by a lot that day. So, Jim, you know, first let me ask you, have in your experience working at the Weather Service, you know, have we seen this bad of air quality for this long? Like, can you put this in context for us? Yeah. Uh no, Joe, I haven't seen it this long. And, and uh, I entered the Weather Service in 1972 in Philadelphia. And we actually had an air pollution uh, segment in our office there. Uh, and uh, they monitored the air quality even back then. But no, this is this is by far the worst of an extended period. 
we've had a couple of things happen for over a two or three day period where there was real toxicity in the air from fires nearby and stuff like that, where people complained about the smell and stuff. But for a, a long period like this, that has uh, caused visibilities to go down to maybe a quarter mile during the day, like you saw in New York. Yeah. No, this is this is perhaps the longest stretch of poor air quality, also um, poor atmospheric conditions. You know, and this came in two waves because we had the May part of this and then the June and early July part. And the May part was, I would say, more of a typical kind of smoke we see here, Jim. Yeah. You know, it's high yeah. in the sky. It's not coming down to the surface because that smoke was from Alberta wildfires. And we've seen a lot right. of Western wildfires, whether it's Canada or in the U.S. coming this way. But it got different as we went into early June because we had wildfire smoke coming from Nova Scotia. We had wildfire smoke coming from Quebec and Ontario, like we said. And when you're that close, you know, being to that area, it has a greater propensity to be closer to the surface, right? Right. Oh, yeah. And and uh, usually, Joe, we usually, from Alberta, we usually get our clippers. Yeah, but I don't know. Right. What, I don't know what you. I know, what are you going to call this when the smoke comes from Alberta and the boreal forest up there? Right. And then, and then you're right. We had the heavy concentration right around the nose of Hudson's Bay, coming down from Quebec, and then just and then Nova Scotia. We had the fires, and just when we thought the air quality would get good, we had a few fires here in the Pine Barrens. Yeah, so, we did. Yeah, we've had a long. We've had a long stretch. Yeah, you know, and people have been saying, and and I've been saying it too. Like, it doesn't even feel like summer in a way because. You know, we've had some days with cloudiness and some showers and cooler weather, and we'll talk about that. But then, you know, when it's been sunny out or mostly sunny, it's just been gray from the smoke. Right. So it's like we're yeah. not – it's been very hard to get a day that's been both warm and actually like a bright blue sky. Well, you're, you're right. People have been saying, first off, where did June go? Right, uh, yeah. Where the heck did June go? And then we – you know, and uh, you'll be talking about it later, the temperatures ending May and early part of June. Uh, but if you looked at the atmospheric soundings, you can actually isolate that layer where the dry air was from those fires. Yeah. And looking at the uh, the long-term models today, we've got this uh, deep low that's going to be swinging by around the 11th through the 15th or 16th, right over top of us. And where do you think the trajectory is going to come from? The Quebec <laughs> fires. So yep. we may be we may be back into it again. Yeah, it's a summer smoke for sure. Um, and one thing too, I'll and I just want to say this because. I've gotten a couple of questions, you know, even from my own parents, you know, how come they can't put out these wildfires? Well, you know, they're, they're trying, right? So number one, we're trying, but it's in a very remote place. You know, you think about yep. the Pine Barrens being remote, try somewhere yep. where there's no roads or towns anywhere around it. You got to bring all the people, house them, feed them water. You got to find water sources. It's a very tough thing to do. And really, the, the I, and Jim, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the only way we're going to really get rid of this is if Mother Nature comes and pretty much rains it out. Mother Mother Nature has a way of turning things around, but you're right about the fires. When you look at the population of Canada, and that's a great big country, the population is only about 35 million. Uh, and most of those people live within 100 miles of the U.S. border. So a lot of those fires are out of reach and out in areas where people, there, there doesn't seem to be that urgency to put them out like our urgency is on the West Coast. Right. Exactly. So it's a it's a difficult situation here. And, you know, it's something that hopefully can't they're going to get enough rain where it gets knocked out. But this really could be a summer of smoke here. We, we just have to take this, you know, really day by day and see what's happening. Oh, I know. Up I know. there. It's not. And, you know, wind direction is going to play a role, of course, in everything. But, you know, until that smoke really goes out, we're still always going to have risk. 
for it here. So oh, let's, yeah, um, I, yeah. oh, sorry, Jim, go ahead. Finish what no, you're that's saying. all right. No, it's going to be a while before they burn out. And their peak season, I think, is July. I think that's yeah, that their peak sense. season in Canada, something like that. I can see that, especially being far north. And it's, you know, they have that combination of higher temperatures and the humidities, you know, on the lower side here. Um, you know, what that smoke's done, and you, you know, alluded to it, Jim, and, you know, has kept us cooler in addition to the smoke, you know, that those low pressures that have been rolling through here. And it's another month where we're below average. Uh, so we yeah. went two months in a row below average, which doesn't happen that often. Um, but we've been having it here. I have at the Atlantic City International Airport, 3.6 degrees below average. And at the Marina, Atlantic City Marina, 1.9 degrees below average. And Jim, I, I think you threw out a stat maybe last week. When was the last time we went two months in a row below average? I think you had something about that. Uh, well, at least for 16, 17 years. I mean, right. for, for May and June, I'm speaking For May about. and June. Okay. So yeah, May and June. And then, then I saw your stats, which, which were very impressive, the ones yeah. you came up with. Yeah. And, and Jim's referring to, you know, we went we went 20 days in a row below average. I, I mean, the last time we actually did that wasn't all that long ago. It was in March of 2018. And Jim, I remember because it was my first uh, winter at the Press of AC. And we had four Nor'easters in a row that month. We called it the four Easter month. Well, we were, um, we were snowing you, in late March. What's that, Jim? We were welcoming you to uh, South Jersey. You are, you know, and, and really went off with a bang because you know, if you remember that 17, 18 winter, we had a lot of, we had a good amount of snow in early December. And then from uh, like Christmas time through, um, you know, January was also below average, but extremely, yeah. very below average. We were like below zero at the marina, even on New Year's Day or New Year's <laughs> Eve, I believe. I was walking, yeah. um, you know, to, uh, I was out for fourth, um, not fourth of July, but New Year's Eve with a couple of friends. And it was like face biting cold. Like you didn't see that. But anyway, the last time um, we were that much below average in May and June was 1981. So, right. you know, for that late spring, early summer to be below average, we haven't, you know, been that below average that long. But, you know, so it really was the persistency of this that was impressive and it carried over into June. But we also had some days that were like fairly below average. I I'm looking right here, Jim. You know, we had. On June 4th, a high of 69 degrees and a low of 46 on July, excuse me, June 4th. On the 8th, we were in the 40s again with a high of 72. And then we only had a high of 64 on June 22nd. I remember that day because it was just <laughs> gross out. You know, it was northeast wind, cloudy, misty. You know, so we really, uh, you know, on the nighttime side, I think people have probably enjoyed the cooler nights that we've had. Yeah. But, you know. It's been a what I like to say a lot of nice weather days minus the smoke, but nice weather days, but not beach weather days. We haven't really had that long summery stretch yet, although it looks like we're going to get it this week. I would I would guess, Joe, given those temperatures that you just quoted, I would guess that somebody in the research community, one of the universities, or maybe even in NOAA, is going to go back and examine this smoke in terms of what it did to our temperatures, yeah. and they're going to they're going to come up with some sort of uh, relationship. Uh, between the smoke and also the dry air and the cooler temperatures. I, well, I agree hundred percent. And I'll just speak from experience because when the smoke first came in mid-May, I'll put my hand up. I was too high on some of these temperature forecasts during the day yeah, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it looked may, Hey, maybe it's a 78, 79 degree day and ended up being 75, 76. And the only thing that changed was the smoke coming in. So definitely an impact. And we've seen this before, right? You know, super volcanoes explode and yeah, uh, yeah. you know, 
you know, and you, you cool down for a year or two, you know, we've seen that before. So it would just make sense to me that that's what we're going to, you know, that's well, you, probably cost you know, some I, of I remember uh, we touch upon a little bit about Mount Pinatubo in the Philippines yeah. in 1991. When that, when that erupted, uh, the, the earth cooled down 1.8 degrees for the year that you're talking about. Uh, and you look at the smokes that we, the smoke that we've had in the Western U.S. and now look at Canada, you wonder what that's going to do in in, in uh, terms of temperatures over the next year, as far as the planet's concerned. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We're going to pay attention to this because I, I don't know what the Eastern Canada temperatures are, but I have to imagine it's something similar as well. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and and the thing that makes this unique, you know, going back to the smoke, is it's over such a highly populated area. You know, sometimes yeah. this isn't yeah. going over highly populated areas either. Um, yeah. But going back to these temps, Jim, you know. I see even in Atlantic City, you know, at the marina, our highest for the month was 82. And we're here on July 3rd. And this might change by the time you listen, but we haven't had a 90 degree day at the airport, at Atlantic yeah. City International Airport. And I, I did a little, yeah. first of all, I was like, really? I said, I was, because it got really warm in April for one stretch. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. But I guess it was just shy of 90. So it turns out that this is the fifth longest we've had to wait for our 90 degree day um at the airport here um but we have I, I don't i can pull it up probably real quick while we're talking but you know really the latest is late july at some point so yeah. you know we i don't know if we're gonna get that number one spot but um but you know we're flirting with 90 this week we might even get it today when we're recording we hit um, 89 yesterday yeah 89 yesterday yeah. so again just there but we haven't really had that persistent heat and humidity um, until just very recently here across the. Air. You want you want to hear something interesting? In, in, yeah. In, uh, in sixteen seventeen years, um, the temperature at Atlantic City has averaged higher than the city of Philadelphia. You told me when that aside. Yeah. When you yeah. go, I remember you called month, me and tell me about this. And you and you say to yourself, "What happened to the heat island in Philadelphia?" Uh, yeah. But, uh, but I, you know, I I think the heat island is still there, but because the heat. It comes from the city itself, downtown, and then is pushed into the northeast suburbs. I think that's where your heat island is in the northeastern suburbs, and you're getting some relief in the city. But that's that's amazing. We're up to, we average uh, in 15, 16 years about two degrees above normal. Philly, one point six. Uh, we're we're actually the uh, the new heat island down here in Atlantic City. We're cooking in South Jersey. That's just the way it is. Always <laughs> something going oh, yeah, on. And I, and I know you always mention that about when they're going to put up the excessive heat for for South Jersey. I know. I know. Been... <laughs> yeah, well, you know, those excessive heat warnings and watches and advisories were always Atlantic Cape Cumberland's a couple of degrees higher than Philadelphia yeah. Oh, yeah. for it. You need to be 105 for the advisory, right? 110 for the warning, a heat yeah, index of yeah, that. Yeah. You know, and that's different than the rest of the state. And I, that's a whole nother story. But sometimes the messaging looks weird if you have all of New Jersey in this heat warning but you don't have yeah. atlantic cape and cumberland anyway yep. jim we're gonna take a brief break on this we're gonna come back on the other side we're gonna talk about precipitation the return of drought and hurricane season you're listening to the something in the air podcast 
The press of Atlantic City is such a unique place for weather, and it's not just because I'm working here. Let me tell you why. We're the only place in the state with a degreed meteorologist, and that means we're writing weather stories, climate stories, environmental stories you're not going to get anywhere else in New Jersey. Plus, with a meteorologist like me, you're able to get forecast videos twice a day from our state-of-the-art IBM Max graphic system, a weather column each day, of course, these podcasts, and Plenty of social media postings I'm sure many of you had seen. So if you're interested in more weather, we have our free daily weather newsletter for you at pressofac.com slash newsletters. It comes out every morning in your inbox around 7 a.m. And if you want it all, you can subscribe to the Press of Atlantic City at pressofac.com slash subscribe. Welcome back, everyone, to the Something in the Air podcast. Hey, by the way, you can subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. We have it out everywhere. We have new episodes at the top of the month talking about the weather that was. You can also check out the Across the Sky podcast. That's been actually on a tear lately. Uh, That's our national weather podcast I do with our Lee Weather team. Lee Enterprises operates the Press of Atlantic City. We just had an episode about the hot dog eating contest in the weather gym. <laughs> you watch you watch the hot dog eating contest? Are you a fan? Oh, I I watched that over the years, and it, and I, it reminded me of the, when they had the wings, uh, the wing bowl up in oh, wing bowl. I don't remember that. I'm thinking, there's no way I could eat. You got to be kidding me. I mean, I'm, I think I'm most well. I'm, I'm impressed by two things. One, Joey Chestnut just obliterating <laughs> the field almost every year. He's won 15, I think, of the past 16. Yeah, the other thing yeah. is too. No one ever gets like sick. There, you don't see a lot of reversal of fortunes, rarely if ever, and no one chokes <laughs> nice on the hot dogs that. either. <laughs> That's a yeah. nice way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, reversal of fortune. Well, you know, th- this is a kids show, Jim. I gotta, I gotta keep it. Um, and then no one gets like, you know, chokes on the hot dogs. Like these yeah. are professionals, yeah. Jim. They're professional eaters. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so I want to talk about on the other side, um, precipitation or the lack thereof. We are back in drought in parts of South Jersey. The United States Drought Monitor put um, like the west, I'll say the southwestern half of Atlantic County, a smidge of Cape May County. That's like upper township. And then we'll say most of Cumberland, Cumberland and yeah. parts of Salem and Gloucester in drought. Um, so it's called D1. There's four steps of drought. This is the lowest stage, the weakest stage of drought. We call it moderate drought here. Um, you know, Jim, you know, we were talking about this last year. We were in drought for a lot of 2022. We got out of drought, um, depending on where you were, between September all the way until early November um, with this. And now it's back here. And, you know, I, I, the way I feel about this, Jim, is we're in July. We're in August. You get at these showers and storms, but they're not everywhere. You don't really get these widespread rains. And the sun's strong. Sun's strong. It's picking up a lot of moisture out of the ground, too. Yeah. I, I mean, if you look at, I mean, it it's been a it's been a, a very good harvest for everybody north of Trenton over the last 30 days. Down here, though, we haven't had that much. But then if you get into that period beyond 30 days as you approach 60, you'll find the statewide everybody's below normal. Yeah, but uh, we had those a couple of weeks where everything was dumping up north, if you recall. Yeah, and one of the strange things, Joe, is I can't remember the last time four old Ocean and Monmouth counties have had less precip than the rest of the state. I mean, they usually get blasted this yeah. time of year with thunderstorms. 
but yeah, we're and the thing about a drought, you really don't know it until you're in it. Uh, you know, you go on and on, you you see precipitation falling, and you assume you assume that, it, that we're not in a drought condition. Then all of a sudden, like you say, you go to the drought monitor, and there we are standing out in in that D one uh, category that we're in. Uh, but uh, yeah, they come and go, and, and if you look at the pine barrens, that's soil. I mean, I can remember we'd have two, three inches of rain one day, Joe. And then in the fire season, it was gone and we had fires the next day or the day after that. So it really sucks up that moisture when it falls in South Jersey because of the climate. I mean, because of the terrain. I agree. And, and the one thing I keep coming back to is if we didn't get all that rain on April 30th to May 1st, we would yeah. be in a we'd be in a pretty bad situation. That weekend we got you know, anywhere from three to seven inches of rain really depended on where you were, but a lot of rain. And that actually, we were teetering on drought by that point and that pulled us out, but now we slipped back in. So, you know, it was really critical that we had that rain at that turn of the month because we could probably be in, you know, maybe D2 in parts of South Jersey without that, you know, rainfall totals, you know, it's June. We talk about this all the time. They're hit or miss showers and storms. Generally, though, we were between an inch to, you know, or I should say a half inch to about an inch and a half below average over the month right. of June. It just really depended on where you were. It, you know, some places were even above average. Egg Harbor City, Mullica, you had one thunderstorm. I remember um, the day before Father's Day, that Saturday, where it dumped six or seven inches. Generally, though, below average, not a good um you know, not a good scenario when you get these isolated storms, when you need rain everywhere here. Um, you know, so we'll keep watching drought. Like we said, you know, July and August, usually your lawns are starting to turn brown on a good year, um, yeah. let alone a year, you know, where you're in drought part of the area. Well, that's this is when we start looking looking to, toward the tropics. And yeah. hopefully we, we get something come into the Gulf and then up the coast. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it. I mean, I was out today. It is absolutely humid out there. Yeah, it feels <laughs> it like it wants to rain, and it will in a few yeah. spots. You know, all yeah. all fourth yeah. of July week long, but it's not. You know, it's not those nor'easters or those tropicals. No. Like you said, those tropical systems that can dump one, two, three inches of rain everywhere. It's just not our. You know, this just isn't our time. And the water temperatures in the Back Bay along the coast are getting into the uh, mid seventies, upper seventies. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just going to add to the the uh, discomfort index that we have. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh it's very interesting, and, and uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out with with our change in air mass from May June, and then as we get into July, uh, and and looking at the long term, uh, as long as we keep the high heat down to the south, we're going to be in these periodic what shower after shower after right. severe thunderstorm right. watch, severe thunderstorm watch stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and um. You know, we don't want that high heat, you know, for a lot of reasons, but one of which is it's usually dry when you get that. Yep. So yep. you have the high yep. heat and the, and the dry that's even worse. So, you know, the more temperate we are, the better. It's still summer. We're still going to go to the <laughs> beach, still going to hang out on the boat. Jim's still going to be waving everybody at the 4th of July parade. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, the, the more seasonable, the better here. Well, uh, let, let's go into the tropics as we did talk. You know, you did uh, mention that before here. Um, we got we kind of got off to a fast start, Jim. Um, you know, not even be, before June, but I'm just looking right here. You know, we've had three named storms. Um, right. You pointed out in a recent email that we were about three named storms around the turn. I think we were at three named storms 
when we started July last year um, as well. And then we were super quiet last year until I believe, what was it, Jim? Was it September 1st? September 1st. September 1st. September 1st. Um, I, I had a stat uh, that I saw from Phil Klotzbach. He does the hurricanes uh, forecast from Colorado State University. Uh, have you met Phil, Jim? Really smart guy. I think I did with when he came to a conference with uh, Bill Gray. I was out there and I've been out to Colorado a couple of times and he was in, there, there was some uh, conferences about tropical systems. So Bill Gray is like the, what, the, the, the father of hurricane forecasting. Could we call well, him he that? was my, he was my father for hurricane. He was he's your, my, so he's my grandfather yeah. then. My weather yeah, grandfather. Yeah, he's your my, grandfather. There he is. Hey, well, I'm in good company. My, but he was uh, my tropical, he was my tropical textbook. Tropical textbook. Yeah. Well, he, you know, fantastic guy. And, you know, he's not with us anymore, but his, uh, his research lives on forever. But anyway, yeah. Phil Klotzbach said, you know, with the um, two storms, the most recent two storms we had, it was the only time in hurricane season history. Um, so going back to about the satellite era, we'll say 1950, where we had two storms develop in the month of June in what we call the main development region, which is Basically, the area from the Lesser Antilles, you know, um, the Virgin Islands, those islands, all the way east to the coast of Africa and the tropics. We never had to form there during the month of June. Typically, in June, our tropical systems are forming in the Gulf of Mexico or in the Bahamas area off the coast of Florida. These, what we like to call long track storms, are kind of rare. Now, those two storms both really did not impact the United States. They fizzled out eventually. Um, but just something unique, you know, this hurricane season doesn't really mean anything. I don't think, but, uh, yeah, well, you just know, something unique. you know, uh, statistics and climatology, Joe, you know, is a very powerful tool, very powerful tool. And it's yeah. nice that we have, well, I mean, if you were forecasting in 1960, you would have nothing to go back on to look at, right. Uh, you know, yeah. 30 in the tropics, but now here we are in 2023, you get into meteorology and like you, you do a tremendous amount of look back at, at all these different uh, scenarios. We can look back to, like you said, the satellite here and say, ha, ah, we're seeing a trend here. That's what do they call it? The uh, analogs. I guess analogs, they call yeah. The analog. analog years, looking back at previous years to make a forecast for this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, going forward in time, Jim, you know, what have you been telling people about hurricane season as we go into July and August and September? Well, I'll tell you, if, if you get on the National Hurricane Center page right at the top, I think it's still on there. They put out a, a real in-depth discussion about what they're what they're really looking at. And and you mentioned the, the long track storms coming. I think uh, NOAA and the Hurricane Center is now looking for that real pesky uh, proximity storm, which forms real close to the coast. Yeah. And cuts down your preparedness time. And, and they have this great I don't know if you've seen they got this great write up on there about uh, how these storms form close to the coast. And even though we're in the El Nino year, which is pretty much uh, an inhibitor of uh, tropical cyclone development, uh, you can still have these ones just kind of sneaking under the radar and getting close to the coast and then intensifying. Uh, and that was a very interesting point they they uh, they made. So, uh, and the Hurricane Center, if you get on there and, and you look at all their, uh, the data available, it's just, it's overwhelming. Yeah, you're going to get lost there. Yeah, I've got lost there, too. I'm looking at, like, what what storms formed in June in 1962? Yeah, you start looking <laughs> at the track. Uh, but hurricanes.gov is that website, um, you know, for you to check out if you want. And, um, you know, there's there's a wealth of information there. And, and one of the biggest changes this year 
you know, with the hurricane center was now they're looking out seven days for any potential tropical cyclone. It used to be five. Now we're going out to seven to give people more lead time and more lead times, you know, always a good thing. It's always good to keep your well, eyes you know, on. What, you t- look at that uh, uh, cone of uncertainty. It used to be a three day event. You know, that cone would go out three days, but yeah. oh, I guess 15, 20 years ago, uh, I was in a meeting with the hurricane center and the Navy wanted to extend it out to five days because when they had a ship come in, all their all their crew would leave and go on vacation, and to get the ship out at sea if something happened, they'd have to call them all back. So they wanted five days notice. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I actually didn't know that. I thought it was just because they were so we were so good at forecasting these things by that point. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, some, because some you would, know, I, I say too, and we'll wrap up in a sec. But you know, the the stats are. A one-day hurricane forecast in 2000 is as accurate as a three-day hurricane forecast is now, yeah. and that's tremendous. Um, you know, yeah. and these cones are fairly small. Even you look at Sandy, and and I because I remember Sandy pretty well. It's the first major hurricane or weather event that I was you know kind of coming out of college for, so I was you know, getting into it really. And the forecast cone from then, just 2012 to now, you even notice that difference as well, how much it's shrunk. So, you know, that is um, that is good news. At some point, though, we're going to become too good at it, and we need to figure out a different way to to explain the cone because it only shows where the yeah. forecast center is, not where right. the impacts are. That's going to be a podcast for another day, Joe. Uh, okay, uh, two two things, Joe, real quick. Uh, yeah. When I came in the weather service, the lead time for a tropical for a, a, a tornado warning was minus eight minutes, which meant it was on the ground before you even put out the warning. Eight, you know. yeah. And then I want to close with, uh, uh, they had a tribute for these uh, hot shots. So we were talking about forest fires early. They had a tribute for those 19 firemen that died out in Yarnell. Remember they were caught. They had a tribute, mm-hmm. I think the other day, the 10th year anniversary. And those were, oh, okay. those were the Navy, those were the Navy seals of the forestry department. Oh, okay. All right. Can you, um, I'm guessing on YouTube, you may be able to watch a ceremony for them. Yeah, I think they had the ceremony. Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, they were so close to getting back to safety, but then they they had uh, they were cut off. Be, be, I think it was lightning in a in a thunderstorm or something. Yeah, listen, firefighters. You know, anybody who's battling these fires, they are putting their lives on the line. I know it sounds you know cliche. We say it all the time, but they really are, especially in these very remote places too, where they're yep. dealing with yep. you know really the unknown. They're not coming home at night. They're staying right. out for days or weeks on end. So anyway, Jim, this was great. First time uh, doing the weather recap. We'll have to have you on more often. Uh, maybe we'll get you, Dave, and I all together, and, and we'll chat. We might need a, like a three-hour special for that one. Three hours. <laughs> but, but, but the uh, time goes by fast. The time goes by really fast. Time does go by fast. That That is definitely for sure. Um, and I thank you. I thank you very much, Jim. No, thanks, Jim. Pleasure being on, and uh, we'll talk with you soon. Take it easy. Bye.